I mean, there's a lot to be said for, you know, slow tactical allocation, slowly putting a little money over at a, a time into different investments, you know, dollar cost averaging. The details of that can, I think, be fleshed out by a financial professional. But I, I, I'm, of the, I'm of the view that, you know, that's the best way to, if you're truly investing for the future, that's probably the way to do it, rather than jumping in and buying a big slug of gold or, you know, buying a bunch of Bitcoin or, you know, whatever. On this episode of Early Bird, Pete Earle, economist with the American Institute for Economic Research. Pete joins the podcast today to talk about how the recent surge in the price of gold is impacting stocks, including a look at the relationship between gold and equities and what investors should keep an eye out for. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird. And I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Pete, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's been a really interesting couple of... uh, days and weeks, so there's a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And today we're talking about gold prices, um, especially as it's approaching an all-time high. Uh, we definitely want to look at why the, the price of gold is going up and the impact in the market, and, and, and especially for equity investors. What, the, what does this all mean? Uh, but before we get to that, Pete, um, in about 30 seconds or less, uh, how would you describe your background to the audience? Sure. So I'm uh, I'm an economist at the American Institute for Economic Research. We're a uh, 90-year-old independent uh, research and, and, and education institute in the Berkshires. Um, and I myself spent a little over 20 years before I came here um, as a trader. I traded equities. I traded options and futures. I traded a number of smaller and then a few bigger firms, uh, everything from, uh, like I said, equities and options to futures, um, I traded on the Asian markets desk in one firm, and I was a market maker. So I've done a lot of things from between the mid-1990s and about six years ago. Interesting. So, you, you, you know, you've worn a lot of hats, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and now you're, now you're with the American Institute for Economic Research as an economist. And gold, uh, what is happening with gold lately? It seems that this spring, this April, gold prices are, are, are popping. What's going on? Yeah, so gold is uh, is uh, like a flower. It's a hardy perennial. Whenever there's uncertainty, whenever people want to, whenever, whenever people aren't sure about what most other assets are going to do, they usually seek gold as a sort of a hedge against uncertainty. And, you know, uh, we recently saw gold approach highs we hadn't seen in a long time. And, I mean, it, if you look at the number of things that are happening right now, I could rattle off a list. This is, the, this is almost the ideal environment where you're going to see gold start to move. We've seen... Uh, you know, we're still recovering from COVID policies. Uh, we've got the disinflationary trend 
uh, seems to be slowing down. The Fed has been raising rates and the uh, disinflation that started in July of 2022 has been slowing down in the early part of 2023. Uh, we had a banking crisis, which seems to be under wraps and sort of uh, addressed for now, but who knows? Um, recent economic data shows slowing manufacturing, slowing factory orders. Uh, we're finally seeing uh, what looks like softening employment. Uh, there's a still unresolved debt ceiling issue in Congress. And, and on top of that, we've got saber rattling in the uh, in the Pacific Ocean with uh, with China. The Russo the Russo Ukraine war looks like it's far from over. So amidst all of this, right, it's very hard to pick a direction for equities and bonds and all that sort of thing. So this is where gold tends to shine the brightest. Wow, <laughs> boy, I wish I wish I would have really bet on gold before all these events happened months ago. That would have been nice. Um, so, Pete, taking a step back, um, now that we're seeing the price of gold go up, um, equities are, are having an interesting year. They, they ticked up a bit in, in the first quarter. Um, what what is the, Tell me about the relationship between gold and equities. Um, how, how do they sort of compare with each other most of the time? So typically, there's a, mostly an inverse relationship there, although I'll, I can cite an exception. Usually, when there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, equities are the first to go down. They're the first to decline in price. So people get into to to, to gold. But that's all, so when you have uh, one exception is when you have the initial stages of inflation. Oftentimes, early in an inflationary updraft, equities will rise because there's the idea that companies can pass on the increases in their prices to consumers. So equities behave pretty well. And at that time, you might see equities and gold going up. But it's almost like an upside down U for equities where as inflation continues to rise, there's a point where the, the ability to pass on uh, the increases in price to consumers decreases. And also the effects of, uh, of the price changes owing to inflation makes it more difficult for corporations to, um, to, to do economic calculations and to sort of plan their production. So early in an inflation, you may see equities rise with gold. And then over time, you'll see gold continue to rise and equities start to decline. That, that's the standard sort of relationship, although it unfolds in different ways. Yeah, the, the times we're in are anything but standard, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. So who knows how this will end up playing out? We'll see. Um, you mentioned several factors um, that have impacted the price of gold, um, from inflation to interest rates, um, foreign affairs issues, uh, bank issues, uh, debt ceiling, stalemate in Congress. Um, which of those do you think have had the biggest impact, though, on the price of gold recently? Yeah, I've got to say, right now, I think it's the the it's it's investors and uh, and and anyone else in the market really. Um, some of the more sophisticated uh, firms like hedge funds and, and big banks trying to figure out what the future path for interest rates is. I think that's the biggest one. You know, the debt ceiling issue, you know, that still has, we can still, we don't want to, but that can still linger for another couple of weeks or month. Uh, the banking issues seem to be somewhat resolved with some of the new programs that the Fed opened. But, you know, right now we've got a CPI date uh, coming on April 12th. That, that'll be the March CPI um, you know, the, the Fed looks like they've been uh, they, they've indicated that they're near the, their terminal rate, which means they probably won't raise again until, say, May or so. Um, and then a 25 basis point hike mm -hmm. and then they'll stop. But if you look at what's called the market implied policy rates without getting too sort of uh, uh, technical, there are money market rates out there which hint at the future for interest rates. And if you look at them, 
despite the fact that the Fed says it's going to raise rates one more time and then hold for the rest of the year, those uh, money market rates and those uh, Fed, Fed uh, fund swaps are all pointing to down, all pointing to a downward direction for interest rates over the rest of the year. In fact, right now we're at about 5.1% with another 25 basis point hike. We're going to be looking at like 5.3, somewhere between 5.2 and 5.5%. But the, uh, the, the, the market implied rates say that we'll be at like 4.25% by the end of uh, 2023, which has, so that's a huge disparity. So that's generating a ton of, uh, of uncertainty. And that has implications for corporate earnings and for, you know, so many other things in the economy. That That's the big source of, of uncertainty. Oh, wow. So it's really, as you said, partially investor driven. And it sounds like it could have a big impact on corporate earnings, especially as we enter earnings season. Um, what should investors keep an eye out as it relates to the price of gold and its impact on equities? Yeah, so I mean, like a lot of investors will keep, I mean, this, of course, this depends upon their own personal choices and who they take financial advice from. Mm -hmm. But a lot of investors will keep a small amount of gold in their, their sort of overall asset allocation anyway. So they have some exposure. You know, it's hard to predict when gold will uh, will be, uh, will be uh, vibrant again and when it won't. But I mean, I think right now the main input, if I were to say the four or five things that are going to influence gold and equities over the next, say, month or two, definitely going to be what the Fed says and what the Fed does. Mm -hmm. it, absolutely. It just it seems it's going to be a big deal here in April, but even beyond. I mean, the next few months, it, you can't fight the Fed, as, as the old saying goes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and inflation, we've seen a mixed bag. Uh, inflation still around, but we've seen some of the numbers get a little bit better in terms of price increases, not as, not as high. Uh, will that mm -hmm. continue to sort of play an impact on gold too, you think? So, so what I'm watching right now, and I am kind of AIR's guy to follow these economic numbers, is that we have had a, pr a pretty good deal of inflation, uh, 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 disinflation since July. But in the last two months, three months, what we've seen is that goods prices are sort of standing still. They're not declining as much as they had been. And in some cases, service prices are still rising. In particular, an area that the Fed is watching closely and probably a little worried about are rents. Rents in the OER, which is owner equivalent rents, are actually in some cases still rising. Now, there's a lag effect there, which means the 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 rates uh, or the the effective interest rates are going to have a slower effect and take longer to act on services than on goods prices. But even so, I wonder myself, to be honest, I wonder if so. I was a kid in the in the in the late 70s. I don't remember it very well, but I remember then. You know, back then we had a more sort of manufacturing and goods. Uh, based economy and the Fed, it, it may be that the Fed policies, the tightening or you know, contractionary policies had more of an effect than today when we have this more service-based economy. So there might be a difference that the Fed is learning right now, but I think, you know, we're going to want to see a substantial more, a substantially greater amount of disinflation before I think equities will feel, uh, will feel uh, or equities investors will feel really comfortable about jumping in again with both feet. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Pete about his advice for new investors and a look at the relationship between gold and Bitcoin. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, Investors can quickly stay on top of the trends 
and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Pete, today we're talking about the price of gold and how it's reaching an all-time high again. Um, you've done a great job explaining the circumstances behind the increase in gold prices for 2023. Um, I want to take a step back here, maybe play devil's advocate, throw you a bit of a curveball. Um, you mentioned earlier about how uh, gold sometimes is an alternative investment for investors in a, in a portfolio as a hedge. Um, I want to compare it to another popular hedge, and that's cryptocurrency. Um, the price of gold, it's gone up about less than 10% so far this year. Compare that to, to Bitcoin, which is up more than 70% in 2023. What do you make of that? Are, are, should investors look more at the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as an indication of how the market might perform as opposed to some of the more traditional investments like gold? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's a very curious thing because some of the factors which make gold attractive also make crypto attractive. And, and in this case, I want to be more specific than crypto. I want to say Bitcoin because, mm. you know, Gold gets its value because it has industrial and ornamental uses. And also algorithmically, it's quantitatively limited. So you can't just create more gold, I'm sorry, more Bitcoin, you know, just a willy nilly. It's sort of, it's limited to, I believe, 21.7 million <laughs> Bitcoin, and then it's fixed. Yep. And Bitcoin has a growing number of uses, whereas gold is limited because it's a natural element. It takes work, it takes effort to find and get out of the Earth's crust. Um, but I think the difference has to do with uh, it has to do with uh, its legal status. Like right now, you know, cryptocurrency, as much as it's being embraced, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of really bad press for crypto. There's no reason to blame, for example, the collapse of FTX on Bitcoin. However, they're proximal. People look at FTX, they think Bitcoin, and they say, "Oh, I would never own that thing." There's also a lot of bad press about Bitcoin and other cryptos being, you know currency for drug dealers or for illicit activities. And I would assure you that on any given day, anywhere in the world, more dollars than Bitcoin are used in the commission of, of illegal acts. So that's a little bit of uh, just a bad, bad, uh, bad, bad marketing. Um, but I mean, you know, they both have their place, I think. I would say one thing, and that is that gold over time, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a lot less volatile than Bitcoin has been. Bitcoin and cryptos are notoriously volatile, and they're less volatile even now than they were five or six years ago. I got involved in crypto very early, uh, and I remember just you know daily swings that were tremendous. So I would say that um, you know anybody, if anybody is going to go to their financial advisor and say, how can I participate in, or how can I you know have a stake or, or uh, dedicate a small portfolio, a portion of my portfolio to to cryptocurrencies, you know they're gonna that's advice they should take very cautiously because these things can move a lot. Um, you know, we could find out tomorrow that a certain nation or even the U.S. makes owning crypto absolutely actually illegal, in which case the values would be extremely adversely affected. So there's a lot more uncertainty that swirls around the prices and the political reception of crypto and in particular Bitcoin than around gold. Got it. It makes sense. I, I, obviously, there's a lot of similarities between gold and Bitcoin. Um, yep. But you're right, Bitcoin is in its own situation um, in terms of the legal mess and other issues that it's currently involved in. Um, you know, we're not financial advisors, Pete. We're not going to give people financial advice. That's exactly. I, I always say speak to a financial advisor before you make big investment decision. Um, but, but what do you say to especially a lot of 
newer investors out there, they're interested in stocks. They see what the price of gold is 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 doing right now. It's going up. What what would you say to those investors who are new to the market? How how should they proceed? I would say I, I usually say the exact same thing as you say. I I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a chartered financial planner or anything like that. I mean, I would say talk to somebody, uh, talk to a competent, you know, professional who has the appropriate training and who you get lots of references from. And they've been in the business for a while. And also, you know, I mean, there's a lot to be said for, you know, slow tactical allocation, slowly putting a little money over a, a time into different investments, your know, dollar cost averaging. The details of that can, I think, be fleshed out by a financial professional. But I, I, I'm of the I'm of the view that, you know, that's the best way to if you're truly investing for the future, that's probably the way to do it rather than jumping in and buying a big slug of gold or, you know, buying a bunch of Bitcoin or, you know, whatever. Better to, uh, you know, have a professional sort of work you in over time, small amounts, dollar cost averaging, riding out the sort of big waves in the market and that sort of thing. Great advice. Uh, dollar cost averaging, always a good strategy. Um so I, I don't want to, you know, um, promote the podcast too much today, but our most recent episode, we did have the, a strategic metals invest expert uh, come on to talk about uh, rare earth metals uh, in our oh, most wow. recent episode. So if you, if you get a listen to that uh, podcast to our listeners, but I want to ask you, Pete, since the price of gold has gone up, um, the, is it impacting some of the other potential investments in the market, like rare earth metals or some of the other more intrinsic metal prices? So uh, the only one I could think of is, and, and this actually started right at the beginning of the pandemic, is I noticed that, you know, with a lot of people sitting home and a lot of people having stimulus checks and some being the beneficiaries of, of the um, payment protection plans and all that, you know, we had a lot more disposable cash. And yeah, I'm sure you remember what happened with stocks like, um, uh, what was the big one? That was uh, GameStop. Oh boy! And also AMC. What well, what I noticed is that a lot of people seemed interested in gold, but they seem to be actually because gold, of course, is usually you know it's between eighteen hundred and twenty one hundred dollars an ounce. A lot of investors uh, turned to gold's younger sibling, and it's actually a very different metal. But a lot of a lot of investors turned to silver. Yeah. Of course, silver usually trades between. I don't know, let's say 17 and 25 or $28 per ounce. And that's where a lot of interest went. So that, that I would say that was a lot of people saying, I can't really, or I don't want to afford, you know, uh, ounces of gold. I can buy a lot more, you know, say ounces of silver, even though they're not the same. And actually they have some different behaviors over time, but they are, they are, you know, there's a pretty high correlation between silver and gold. That's one thing I've noticed. Mm. Absolutely. We've seen the, the price for one, not exactly reflect the price of the other, but you're right. There, there, there's some core, some differences, but at the same time, there's some similarities. Um, Pete, real quick, what's, what, what's sort, sort of the, 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 the big bottom line message you have for, for investors out there who are looking at gold? I would just say, you know, I mean, depending upon what your financial advisor tells you, you know, there's, there's, there are a lot of people who believe that uh, you know, a small allocation in every portfolio is there. If uh, if uh, if the uh, peanut butter hits the fan, oftentimes the only uh, the, the only man left standing is gold. So many investors would find whether it's actually owning physical gold or you know GLD, the depository receipts. You know, a financial advisor can give them some advice to 
work that into their overall strategic asset allocation. But uh, that those people know more than I do. I just know the economic perspective. Mm-hmm. perspective. They would know the financial part. Well, thank you so much, Pete, coming on the Early Bird Podcast, talking about the economic perspective with gold nearing an all-time high. It was definitely a great discussion. It was very, it was a golden discussion. You have the Midas touch. Um, we can throw all these gold puns out, but but thank you again, Pete. Before we wrap up the, the podcast, I just have one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Pete, is would you rather live without heat and AC or live without social media? Oh, I would much rather live without social media. <laughs> if I, could, I would never look at social media again. I mean, I mean, it's had some benefits for my, for my career, but mostly I think it's a lot of uh, just uh, effluvium, just a lot of nonsense. Thank you again to Pete Earle for sharing your insights on gold prices. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.